0: welcome to the teaching ministry of steve franklin steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of god our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of god's true champions here's steve we've been talking about joshua 1 the making of a true leader Let's ask the Lord to bless and minister His word to all of us today. Father, we ask you that this word that you've breathed by your Spirit, that holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, and that you have spoken and preserved, and that you breathe again on this mighty word. We thank you that it is eternal, that it is final authority. For faith and practice, we ask that you would breathe it again and utter it by your spirit through your servant, that we may see it, receive it. In our spirit man today, that it may be the spirit and life that it is. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know that the Lord has assigned all of you to be in a place of leadership somewhere? You might be in a place of preparation right now, but He has assigned you to be in a place of leadership somewhere. It may be a family, maybe in a couple, maybe in a community, it may be in a business, maybe in a church. But the Lord doesn't want us to stay children and adolescent in our spiritual growth. It is high time that we stop feeding off spiritual milk and feed off the pure meat of the Word and to do that we need to open our hearts and minds to what the Word would have to tell us we spent two or three weeks in the first chapter of James and this is our third week in the book of Joshua the development of leadership maybe our fourth let's read down through the first several verses And by way of review, remind ourselves of what was going on in Joshua, this great leader, what was going on in him before he got that place of leadership granted to him by God through Moses. It was not an event, it was a process. After the death of Moses, verse 1, chapter 1, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people You shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law. Let's substitute word of God. Remember that the law was those first five books of the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That had been penned under the direction of the Holy Spirit by Moses. Moses. So Moses had penned that which the Spirit gave him, called the Pentateuch, the law. It was the only Word of God, the only written Word of God that was available to Joshua. So let's substitute. You be careful to do according to the Word of God, which my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may prosper wherever you go. That's where we left off last week. This word of God shall not depart from your mouth. Wow. But you shall meditate in it. That is, you should re-speak and mutter it and focus on it and embrace it and imagine it in your inner man and with your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all this written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now let's briefly review the journey that Joshua was on before this day. We recognize that there was a long period of preparation. We found out that when he first had his big moment of leadership, he stood before the children of Israel and told them about the land that he and ten other spies, he and eleven other spies. Caleb was his compatriot, his friend to faith. They talked about what they saw out there and said, we ought to go get it. It is ours. The people are toast. They're they're our prey. God's already given it to us. Let's go do it. And remember what the response of the people was at that time? Stone them with stones. Let's get rid of this voice. So his leadership skills were not embraced very well. You ever tried to lead somebody believing that God was calling you to lead them and only to find out that they weren't listening and following. They weren't interested. Part of the development of Joshua was some rejection from those closest to him. If you look at the life of Jesus, you will find out that sometimes those closest to you will be those who will inflict the greatest pain on you. Sometimes the greatest development of your leadership comes from those who can inflict the greatest pain in your inner man. When that happens, recognize that Jesus is developing something and you are not going to escape something that he himself didn't escape. You know why? Remember, the only reason you're still here is because he is transforming and conforming you into the image and likeness of Jesus. If he suffered rejection, guess what? I know that's not popular preaching, but you will too. Okay, so that was part of his preparation. But to his credit, the grace of God gave him the grace to keep on loving those who had inflicted pain on him and, and walk with them the rest of their days. He didn't run. He didn't bail. He didn't throw them away. He stayed and suffered. And God developed something mighty in him. We also found out that Joshua was a man who recognized his covering. He looked. To Moses as his for his teaching he got his example of serving from Moses out of Moses transfer when Moses laid his hands on him there was something that transferred to Joshua do you also know this are you listening to me that part of his development was getting corrected This ministry goes to all different parts of the world now through the internet. We cover 15 ministries. We have a church. There's about 120 of us when everybody shows up on the same day. I have a teaching and coaching ministry in Birmingham and Chattanooga. But do you know that the greatest test of this ministry came when I got rejected and corrected? Many years ago, I was so bruised and beat up, and the Lord told me in the quietness of my own den that day by His Spirit. He said, These people who have hurt you, how you respond is going to determine the rest of your ministry. Can I ask you something? How do you respond to correction? Moses corrected Joshua, and to his credit he didn't get his feelings hurt and run off and disappear. He received correction and it made him a lot better leader. Can I ask you something? Are you willing to receive correction in your home, in your business, in your ministry? Is there somebody in your life that the Lord has appointed to speak correction to you? Will you receive it and not get your feelings hurt and run off? Joshua, part of his development was his response to correction from Moses. Notice we found out that he served as an assistant to Moses. He served as an assistant to Moses. What does that mean? It means that you are willing, part of the development of a leader is that you've spent some time trying to minister to and develop those that somebody else gets the credit for. about that? You remember what God said to Joshua? I'm going to send you over there and I'm going to give you this land and here are the boundaries. Do you understand that you don't have anointing and authority where you don't have assignment? Joshua understood that his job was to assist Moses not to try to start and get his own deal going. I've had people coming to this church over the years and into my ministry over many years. Talking a good game. Asking me to do this, this, this or that. And any time I say I'm not ready for that, Every single time they leave the ministry, every single time. Some of you own businesses. I guarantee you that some people you've tried to show them a little different way, hadn't responded so well and left you, didn't they? Are we willing to receive correction? Are we willing to stay in our territory? You don't have anointing if you don't have territory. Notice, he told him, every place, verse 3, that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you as I said to Moses. Can I ask you something? Have you learned how to take authority? What did Jesus say? All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me, Jesus said. Well, where is Jesus? Is he in you or not? Have you learned how in Jesus' name, you are not the author of the authority, but have you learned that in someone in whom authority dwells, have you learned how to take authority in the area where you're walking? Many years ago when Dean and I were raising Bryant, we were trying to teach him this principle. He was dreadfully afraid of storms. Now, some of you are not going to like what I'm about to tell you. It's okay. You weren't the parent. I was. He was dreadfully afraid of storms. And we were trying to teach him. Remember what Jesus said when a storm came up and he and the disciples were on the boat? He was sleeping. The disciples shook him and said, Lord, don't you care? We're about to be, we're, we're going down here. Wake up. Remember what Jesus did? He stood up and he said, be still. Cease and desist. And the word says, and there was a mega calm. That's the word in the Greek. Been to Burger King lately. Did you get a mega? It's pretty big. <laughs> there was a mega calm. There was a mega storm, and then there was a mega calm. Then what did Jesus say? Why are, you, why are you so timid and bashful and reticent to use your own faith? Why do you think you have to get me on the scene I've given you through your own faith the authority? He had been teaching them, and they just weren't getting it. So sure enough, the tornado sirens came that day. The news said possible funnel cloud spotted over the summit, and we knew it was heading right toward our neighborhood. You ain't going to believe what I'm about to tell you. We were all kind kind of anxious. The storm was coming. I made, by act of parental authority, I made Bryant. I said, son, come here. Huh? Come here. Now, I grabbed his hand. I said, come with me. We walked down the steps of the basement in those days of the house we were living in. We walked out onto the carport, and I mean, it was green. It was all the signs of tornadic activity. And I said, now I want you to join here with me, and I want you to repeat this after me. He could, he, he, he could hardly stand. And I said something like this. Father, nothing. Come on now. Father, <laughs> In the name of Jesus, in in, in the name of Jesus. We know you love us. We know you love us. You redeemed us. You redeemed us. You live in us. And you have all authority in heaven and on earth. So that means here. And so right now, in the example that we see in the word of God, we hereby say to this storm, you will stay up in the air and cease and desist, any assignment to do destruction in our neighborhood or on our home. And furthermore, we pray for our family and we pray for all of our ministry partners and we declare that this storm will do them no harm in the name of Jesus by his authority. Now some of you think that's crazy. I just got it out of the word. But i gonna tell you, you better be serious when you do something like that right? What what am I trying to tell you? Learn as a believer to walk in your authority. Saying you don't have any dominion or right to operate in your assignments against my family, I dismiss you in the name of Jesus. You don't go around looking for the devil, but when you run into him, demand him to get out of your way. Yeah, that's what the Lord did. He wasn't a demon inspector. You don't get in conversations with the devil. You give directions to him by the word of God. That's all Jesus did. Well, if he did it, and the word says that he wanted us to teach those what he had commanded us, why would we not? Just a question. You're intelligent. Learn to walk in your authority say, I don't know, Pastor, the devil is so powerful. Some of you don't know this, but Dean and I have a 15-year-old vehicle that people affectionately call the barge. It's about as long as a barge. Did I see you driving a uh, subcompact the other day? Uh, like a, a a Toyota or a Kia oh, okay. or something like that. Yeah. Alright, stand up here, Khalil. Stand up here, Khalil. What I wouldn't give to have some hair like that. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you think? Would we make a good team, huh? I love this guy. Alright. Now I saw what Khalil was driving the other day. All right. I promise you that the barge, the 15 year old ancient suburban, I promise you that if I pulled up next to Khalil, I could say in a renegade moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him into the ditch. And I could pull the barge right into Khalil's, what you got? A Prius. Boy, those are pretty. But the bards could take it down. (laughs) I could pull that, I could move that Prius right into the ditch. You understanding me? Hmm. However, thank you, Khalil. Y'all look back here on this back row here. Y'all are in law enforcement, aren't you? Did you turn your badge in? Okay, stand up. All right. Katie and Chris are in law enforcement, okay? Let's suppose they saw me move Khalil into the ditch. (laughs) Okay, right? State and federal, right? They could make a call. And guess what would happen? I got power. The barge is pretty strong, but they got authority. Thank you. (laughs) I won't go there. We love these kids. We love them. Do you understand the difference between Look, and they could get all the authority needed to subdue power. You've got authority in the name of Jesus on the inside of you all based on the Spirit's presence and the Word of God. You've got authority. That's greater than power. Amen. You know, the problem with most of us is we don't realize we have it and we're not walking in it. Humbly, This is not, this is not revving up personality power. This is delegated, received, humble reception of power from the one who lives on the inside of us. It is authority that can break the grip of power. In the name of Jesus. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Joshua developed as a leader because he humbly walked in and under delegated authority. And at the right time, God laid his hands on him through Moses and delegated that authority to him. And notice, remember what he said? You've You've got to put your foot on the land. You can't just pray and there it is and say, thank you, I knew there was nothing to it. You've got to go to work tomorrow. You've got to walk on that which the Lord gives you authority to exercise His grace in. You've got to stand up and fight in the power and authority of the Lord whatever's going on on the inside. We talked about that. We talked about last time the Lord says, Don't turn from the right or left to that word. And I want you to look at verse 8 because this is where I want to finish the rest of the message on. The key to our success. God said this to Joshua. This word of God shall not depart from your what? Now, wouldn't wouldn't you normally think God would say, Don't let the word get out of your heart, right? Wouldn't you? Why would the Lord say, Joshua, don't let the word that I've given you through Moses, don't let this word depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. Do you know that we've lost our power because we have lost the process and discipline of meditation? To meditate means to speak to yourself in your own inner man. It means to speak to yourself with your physical tongue and with your spiritual tongue. That is, you have the right to carry on a conversation in your inner man without using your physical tongue. But you know, what is God saying here to Joshua? Don't let the word of God depart from your mouth. Why your mouth? Do you understand that God has a certain way of operation? The kingdom works a certain way. God does things on the inside of you through your heart, that is your spiritual belief system, your spirit man. Your spirit man was dead, but when you received the gift of God's grace, you became re-what? Reborn, The Holy Spirit came to live where? In your spirit, man. So your heart will now function right. Right? But did you know that apart from something being said, none of that happened? You know what Genesis 1 says? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form. It was void. It was empty but something was going on inside of the heart of God God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth but what did this spirit being our God do and God said let there be what and there was light and God said 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 and, God said. and then finally at the end of the chapter it says and God saw Most of us want to see before we say. God said before he saw. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. This old Presbyterian might about to jump around on that one now. God said He spoke. Out of his heart. How did you get, how did you come to know Jesus? How did you even become a Christian? How did you get saved? How were you born again? Romans 10 says, here's the way it happened. If you confess with your, that Jesus is, and believe in your, that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be for with your heart you believe, resulting in right standing, in righteousness, but with your mouth confession is made that leads to your... Your heart and your mouth are connected, and they, there has to be something deposited. See, you don't, you don't even have faith unless God says something. Some people are going around thinking that if they say it long enough then somehow they'll believe it and it'll come to pass. No. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. The word of God. That's how he created the heavens and the earth. That's how you were born again. I mean Proverbs 18:21 says the power of life and death are in the power of the tongue Romans says I believed and therefore I spoke how about this what am I trying to tell you you can't separate what God says from what you believe the operation of the kingdom of God, and the Bible says that we have been born again into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God operates through what is believed, through what is said, and there is a correlation. Remember what the Bible says, John 1, 1? In the beginning was the and the Word was with and the Word was and the Word became Jesus and dwelt among us. There is a... Listen. You can't separate God from His Word. They're inseparable. In fact, God and His Word are of the same raw material. What John 3 says, God is spirit, yes, yes, And those who worship him must what? Worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. What did Jesus say? John 6, 63. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The spirit of God and the word of God are inseparable. They're made out of the same raw material. So here's what I'm asking you. What are you truly believing? And if you say you're believing the Word of God, are you speaking in line with what the Word of God says? So the Word of God says you're more than a conqueror through him who loves you. Have your circumstances have your circumstances overwhelmed you to the point to where you speak the end of your circumstances instead of what the word says about you well i don't know this is going to kill me i don't think i'll ever get past this wait now What does the word of God say? You're more than a conqueror through him who loved you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is out there in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think it's going to kill me. Well, which is it? (laughs) This is where we live, isn't it? It's where we live. This word of God shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. How many of you would like to prosper? That means to do well and be well. And how many of you would like to succeed? Well, pastor, that was easy for Joshua. Really? Really? Three million people who had a horrible track record of obedience. And the first thing when he got out of this instruction, he gets off his knees from this instruction and what does he see? Millions of people who are rebellious and the Jordan River having overflowed its banks. He saw an impossible situation as soon as he got this word. That's the way it almost always happens, isn't it? Once you feel like God is telling you something, there's almost something in the natural almost always that's going to look impossible. This can't be done. They'll never change. This is never going to work. Remember what the instructions were? Keep the Word of God in your mouth. Meditate in it. Keep it in your, keep it day and night. Continually, you know what he's saying? Continually remind yourself and re-speak what I have said to you. Re-speak, continue to remember and re-speak what I have said to you. You get up in the morning, remind yourself of what I've said to you, my word. You hit that impossible-looking situation, you re-speak to yourself that word that I have said to you. You hit that big Jordan River and it looks (laughs) uncrossable, you re-speak what I have said to you. You go to bed at night wondering, can I make it through? You re-speak what I have said to you. And what is going on here? Remember this, why is that so important to speak it? Never forget, your words have dominion over your thoughts. God designs you that way. You can be thinking about something, but if you start to speak something on purpose, your words will make your your mind shut up and listen. It's the way we're spiritually wired. Some of you say, oh, I've heard that over and over again, but are you doing it? Really? Are we doing it? Are we actively involved in the process? Nothing is too big for the challenge of the, the Word of God. Why is, it, why is the Word of God enough? Remember what uh, Hebrews 4.12 says the Word of God is full of life and power. It's able to discern between joint and marrow, spirit and soul, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Sharper than a two-edged sword. It can cut through anything. The Word. It's a Word of life. And I want to tell you darkness and death has no authority over the life of God through His Spirit and by His Word. Pastor, how do I meditate? Well, let's take this Word right here. Let's take verse 8. So if I'm meditating on verse 8, I say this Word of God shall not cease to depart from my mouth. So how how do I obey that? Lord, I am deciding that your word is the final authority, not my circumstances, not what I see or think or feel. I say that you're, Jesus, you are Lord over all. There's nothing impossible to you. I shall meditate on it day and night. What does that mean? That means that I am to re-remind myself. How do you do that? How do you do that? Well, that may be different for many of you. I don't know how you do it. I know how I do it, but how do you do it? Do you have a trigger in the morning by your mirror? I hope you look in one of those. Is there something that triggers you to begin your day with the thought, the meditation, the re-speaking in your inner man of the Word of God? That's your source of strength. That's your connection to authority. To meditate as you go about that day, to re-speak, to mutter, to think about, that you may observe to do. The reason that's so important is so that it will produce obedience. See it's hard for you to speak and meditate on the Word of God and then decide to rebel against it. (laughs) It brings about obedience and then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So gird up your strength. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wouldn't it be beneficial for you to start your day to say, Lord, I thank you that there is nothing over my head today that I will ever face that's not already under your feet. Father, you've put all things under the feet of your Son, and you've placed me in your Son. I thank you that there is nothing today that could ever make you change your mind about who I am and where I am and how I am. You've decided to see me holy and righteous and blameless and loved and forgiven and accepted. I thank you that you meet all my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I thank you there's not an assignment from the devil or from any evil person that can overcome me or defeat me. I hereby declare that I am yours and you are mine that I'm on your heart and mind at all times, that you love me with an unfathomable love. Give me greater revelation of that love that's been poured out in my heart. How long do you want to stay here? (laughs) You don't get meditation in a five-minute session. It is developed little, little, little by little little by little, over days, and weeks, and months, and years. But it becomes final authority in your life. And it becomes how you respond when situations come your way. But it has to be deposited before it can be withdrawn, little by little. The meditation on the Word the key to your success. Well, let's all stand. We don't meet on the last Sunday of the month. Have some fun next week. Do what you want to do. Go anywhere you want. Sleep in. Drink coffee. Worship somewhere else. Whatever the Lord leads you to do. Thank you so much for seeking a family more than a production. You're loved here. We love you. I pray for you every day. You're dear to us. Would you say this after me? Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, I hereby declare that you are my Lord, that your word is final authority in my life. I believe it when you tell me that I can prosper and succeed. Whatever my state, wherever I am, I can prosper and I can su- could succeed. I choose today that I will begin to deposit your word in my mouth. Even if I have to read it, I will start there. But I will begin to meditate, to re-speak in my inner man and with my mouth, your word. I believe the promise that you will cause me to prosper and succeed. So I'm yours. Whatever my Jordan River, whatever it is, it's not bigger than the power of your word in me. And I choose today to walk in obedience to my authority that I've I've received from your heart by your word. In Jesus' name, and all the people said, amen. We'll see you next time. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.